0: In grace how sweet the sound that saved a like me. Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, With eternity's values in view, Lord, with eternity's values in view, may I live each day for Jesus with eternity's values in view. That's a little chorus that I sang quite a bit as a boy growing up, and it certainly has a good message and is a good launching pad into our next study in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've completed chapter 4, and in the last part of chapter 4, Paul was talking about how to live well, how to have a life that is meaningful and will be satisfying to you and a blessing to others when your time on earth is over. As we move into chapter 5, we haven't really moved into a different theme. It's really a continuation in many ways. But Paul continues talking about what it means to live for eternity, which, of course, is how we live well. We can only live well in time if we are actually living with eternity's values in view. We're living for eternity, and in doing that, we make our life meaningful in this period that we call time. But as we move into Chapter 5, we are also coming to what I would consider to be an intriguing and somewhat puzzling section. It deals with the condition of the soul after death. We know that Christ's second coming involves a glorious resurrection. We know that we will live forever in resurrection bodies like Christ. But what about the interval between death and the second coming, which now for Paul and for first century Christians has been 2,000 years After the dissolution of our earthly body and before acquiring our resurrection bodies, what are we like then? Will we be in heaven as disembodied spirits? Which question is really not the primary theme of this passage, though it is dealt with. But the bigger issue is how to live now in light of the eternity to come. And that's where we're going, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Thank you for joining me on this Wednesday, November 23. Thank you for helping financially with the cost of maintaining the Beacon broadcast on this station. We really couldn't do it without your help. Chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent or tabernacle, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Why do we want to know this? Well, because that reaches back into chapter 4. And I will not go back to that since we have spent time there, but that reaches back into that section that talks about living a life That is meaningful, a life well-lived. And so we want to know what our lives are going to be like after death. And Paul says there is something that we do know. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. How do we know What Paul is explaining here. And it's clear we don't know this by intuition. We don't know it automatically. We don't know this by deriving earthly knowledge and information because that would never tell us. We only know this by divine revelation. And this is an important point. We need the Bible for so many reasons. But we need the Bible to inform us, not only about the things of this life, but about the life to come. And there is so much speculation. We hear so many things about what the life to come is like, what heaven is like, what we're going to be like in heaven. And so much of it is derived not from the Scripture, but from a variety of sources. How many people are drawn to testimonies, stories of people who say that they died and went to heaven and then came back to earth, and they want to tell us what they what they experienced in heaven, and so they tell us all of these things, supposedly realities, which they experienced in heaven, which they are now going to tell us, and so many of these do not conform to what we are told in Scripture. Uh-oh, that's a problem, isn't it? Isn't it interesting that the Apostle Paul, who actually did go to heaven, he talks about that in the Second Corinthian epistle, we'll get to that eventually, but Paul, who actually did go to heaven, he says, I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but he was caught up into the third heaven, and you can read about it, we'll, t- we'll get to that eventually, but... Paul was not allowed to tell what he saw. Have you ever thought about that? That's what the Bible tells us. He says, I was caught up into the third heaven, and I was given visions, I was given insight that most people do not have, but I was not allowed to bring that information back. So the question is, why did someone like the Apostle Paul have to have sealed lips about what he saw, and yet other people claim to have information which they can freely share? That in itself should be a red flag that would tell us there may be something about this experience which is not what it purports to be, whether it is a deliberate deception on the part of the person, or whether he himself has been deceived. But he's telling us something, or she is telling us something, that the Apostle Paul was not allowed to speak. Now, that in itself is no proof, but it's a very thought-provoking concept. But here's the here's the main thing. Anything that is revealed— that is also taught to us in Scripture, of course, is reliable, but it's not reliable because somebody went to heaven and came back and told us about it. It's reliable because the Bible tells us about it. And if the Bible tells us about it, we don't need anybody else to tell us about it. We don't need anything to prove the Bible, to confirm the Bible. The Bible is the revelation of that God has given. It is the Word of the living God, which stands above all other reports, all other messages, all other revelations, all other visions. The Bible stands alone. So we know something about the life to come. Paul tells us we do in chapter 5, verse 1 For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal. In the heavens. So there is something that we do know. It touches upon things that we would like to know, and sure enough, some information is given to us. So, what do we know? Well, we know that our present body will be destroyed, and we know that we have an indestructible habitation awaiting us. Those two things are clear from this text. We know that our present body will be destroyed, called here our earthly house, our present mortal body, also called this tent, or another, other translations call it a tabernacle. But a tabernacle is a tent. That's another word for a tent, usually a more elaborate one, like the tabernacle in the wilderness, which was a very elaborate tent, but nevertheless a tent. It was something that could be folded up and carried away and re Re, um, re-established, re, re-erected on another location, another site, and did that over the course of many, many years in the wilderness, didn't it? And on beyond that, for a long time in the Promised Land until Solomon's Temple was constructed. So, this tent, its an it's a temporary dwelling place. It's something that is not permanent. It's something that is not substantial. And that's the the word that is used to describe our earthly bodies. We like to think of them as being substantial, as being weighty, as being important. But the Bible reveals to us that that is not the case. Our earthly house is a mere tent. It serves its purpose for a limited amount of time, and in the light of eternity, a very short duration, and then it gets folded up and taken away. I don't know how many of you have ever done any camping, tent camping. There's different kinds of camping. Some people call living in a luxurious motorhome camping, and I suppose it is a a variety of camping. But when I was a boy, we, our family, used to go tent camping. I mean, the whole family would sleep in a I think about a ten by ten canvas tent that we folded up, put in our car, carried to the next destination. We would we would do this occasionally. It wasn't something we did frequently, but we did do this occasionally. And it was the 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 kind of vacations we took. We we actually did it, as I recall, when we were traveling in order to make the journey a little more interesting along the way. So instead of just getting in the car and driving until we got there several hundred miles away, in this case I think we were going to a destination that was about 900 miles away, so that's pretty good ways. And instead of just getting in the car and driving till we got there, or maybe spending one night in a motel along the way, which would be a good way to break up a trip of that size, my uh, father m- marked out camping sites. And we spent several nights in tents until we arrived at our destination and did the same thing on return. And I was able to use that tent on some occasions. And my whole point here is that I know how this thing is a temporary structure. You put it up, you take it down. I used to put it up in the backyard and sleep out there occasionally with my younger brother or with our friends. That was a lot of fun to camp out in the backyard. But it was a temp. It was temporary. And that's what we're told here. We're talking about the things that we know. And one of the things we know is that our body will be destroyed. Now, actually, that we would know by observation. We wouldn't need divine revelation to tell us that, but that's a reminder. But what we don't know, unless the Bible reveals it to us, is that if we are Christians, we have an indestructible habitation that awaits us. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. A house not made with hands, a building from God, eternal in the heavens. This is the knowledge that we can only know by divine revelation. But that does leave some questions, and we'll have to deal with them as we take this up again on the broadcast tomorrow. I trust you'll join me then. And so until then, this is Greg Barkman, Bible Teacher on the Beacon broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, saying, Good day. May God give you His eternal peace.